going on, everybody? This is Hacker Valley Studio with yes, Ron sir. and Chris. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again with a very special guest, Yo. Tim Salau, a.k.a. Mr. Future of Work. <laughs> yes, sir. That was good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you on, uh, especially uh, we just got connected, me, you, and Chris. Yep. I'm Im- very impressed with your background. I was going through your LinkedIn. I was like, this guy has the most experience ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> no, what's crazy is uh, when I just got to Netflix and I was I was just getting into LinkedIn, really pushing on it, and I was just scrolling through my feed and I saw one of your, your videos you'd done with a friend or something, and I was like, I like the energy of this guy. Oh, man. I was like, that's why I was like, I got to reach out. Like, hey, (laughs) you don't know me, but I just want to say love the energy. Love. And then you said that you were moving out to the area. And I was like, we got to do something. (laughs) And And so this podcast, this this episode has been like three months in the making. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Longer than that. Longer than that. Longer than that. Yes. Yeah. So so you just recently moved here. I recently just moved to the Bay Area not too long ago, man. Yeah. So how did you get here? What is your background? You know, I would love to hear more about it. Yeah. So I originally was, you know, I, re- I grew up in Houston, Texas. And then the first role I got out of grad school, which was University of Texas at Austin, was with Microsoft mm. as an AI product manager. I was working there for a little bit. It was cool, but I felt as if it was time for me to do something new, mm-hmm. work a little bit on more innovative products, you know, things related to maybe the future of work. Because I was really passionate about it around the time I was working with Microsoft, which was actually not too long ago, like mm-hmm. literally last year. And I've been doing that in the Bay Area for quite some time. So that's one of the things I do. Right. But uh, aside from that, in alignment with that, I'm really passionate about the future of work. And a lot of people know me for that because I talk about it so much. Yep. And it's something that I really live. It's literally your, your name now. Yeah, yeah, it's literally my name. But also, you know, I'm really passionate about what that future of work looks like in alignment with the future of education and what we kind of call the future of learning. Yep. And I'm currently building a company around that, which is called Guide, uh, a social learning application for high school students to learn life skills from their favorite creators. Wow. So amazing technologists such as you, yourselves, who can share content around, you know, how to get into tech or right. how to get into cybersecurity. And the real spin on it from a, a social learning perspective is that it has to be bite-sized content. Yep. Right. So that's kind of like the the, the the unique value proposition yeah. of the application. Because everything is bite-sized nowadays. You see like stuff like TikTok. The, my daughter like just binges TikTok. I'm like, oh, really? my gosh. Yo. And and what's, what's funny is you would think, oh, yeah, it's just kids on TikTok. Gary Vee is pitching TikTok. Yep. Like, he's like, Everybody get on TikTok right now. Yep. Because you are, are we on TikTok? We are not on TikTok. <laughs> nah. <So> we, <laughs> You're like we need to put the podcast on TikTok. We, we need to step our game up. We are on every platform possible. But no, yeah, I, I think that's beautiful. And what I think is so beautiful about that is I've always felt like there needs to be a bit of innovation mm. and a disruption in education. Yes. Yes. Yes, my brother. And you know, that's the beautiful thing about the team that we have on guide you know i was lucky enough to kind of have the stars aligned for me to find an amazing all-star team so our cto his name is upon cosmos he's a cybersecurity uh blockchain engineer formerly worked with one of the top blockchain companies in the world i forgot dragon chain i believe is their name and then our coo his name is mike gates he's like an alt 
alternative education visionary, and he lives out in Austin, works with one of the top private schools in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they are, me and them are the co-founders of the company. And really, we, we kind of, you know, with our backgrounds in the future of work, technology, as well as in the future of education space, we're just like, you know what, we can productize something that can appeal to the future of education, but more importantly, kind of Flip it on its head in which, you know, we're moving towards a future now that's prioritizing life skills, right. the soft skills, Absolutely. right? Not, you know, your technical skills can change and they're always good to have and you should definitely learn them through a boot camp or whatnot. But really, when you think about, you know, the future of work, it's like you need to be able to speak to people. You need to be able to communicate. Absolutely. That definitely goes uh unappreciated i know for me transitioning from like a technical practitioner more of Mm. a leader it definitely came down to that like how do i communicate better because i could know all of this technical jargon and we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast you can know all of these things but if you can't communicate effectively then all of that knowledge is all for naught that's Mm -hmm. so true that's so true and you know i actually have learned that too in my experience is that I've been able to be in the position I'm in now, whether it be, you know, with the work that I do with Guide or the company. I'm in roles in which I have to be an effective communicator. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Evangelism is a communications role. Right. Building a team around a product, you have to be able to coordinate, plan. You have to be able to think strategically like the, it's the life skills that are are positioning me to like really thrive in these roles. And I think often we talk about technical skills so much that we forget that really the skills that allow you to thrive no matter the role, no matter the industry, no matter the discipline. Right. It's the life skills. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, that's that's so perfect. So for our audience, uh, obviously really heavy into tech, what is an evangelist and what does it take to be a good evangelist? And what does your day look like? Yeah. Man, my day is pretty interesting. So in my, in my role, my day-to-day is literally trying to plan and organize huge experiential events, pop-up events. So really for an evangelist, my opportunity is that how can I continue telling the stories of the amazing work we're doing and the and the people that we're supporting from a member's perspective? Yeah. Wow. So as uh, practitioners, especially of security or of tech, how do we prepare for the future of work? The whole landscape is shifting That's about question. just how to work in general, the types of work that you can do yeah. remote or in the office. What how do we prepare for the future of work? You know, that that's a really good question because when we when we think about the future of work, man, it's a blended workforce. Yep. You're going to have gig workers, salaried workers, virtual right. workers, remote workers, mobile workers, right, working in, in the same company. Mm-hmm. So how a company has to design that experience it has to be more tailored because everyone is different everyone is a different stage in life no Mm -hmm. one like i'm not a 40 year old you know evangelist i'm a 24 year old evangelist right right? i am not you know in cybersecurity. i'm in marketing right like there's different disciplines so you have as a company you have to start thinking about how do we create a more tailored employee experience for our workers but also more importantly how do we engage our workers in a personal level in terms of we're creating an environment 
like leveraging physical technology, like the physical space that they're in, leveraging, you know, the culture that we have and the values that are rooted in what we do, as well as thinking about the technology that we're providing them to do their work. How can we really kind of create this confluence and help them personalize their day to day? Right. No matter if they're mobile, virtual, remote, on site, Mm -hmm. you know, has have three kids at home. Like, how do we really like go so deep that like they feel connected to us yeah that's what i was going to ask is is how do you with all of those modalities of actually working with a company how do you create an identity that people can identify with and be and feel like they are part of the company when they're sitting at home they've never seen their co-workers how do you how do you do that in that space so i you know to go really deep i think it starts with you understanding what are the needs and wants of your employees Really understand what are the needs and wants of them. So I'll give you an example just because wow. I'm, I'm incredibly entrepreneurial. Right. I'm not the type of person to be on site for too long. <laughs> I don't necessarily sit at my desk. I'm always moving. And more importantly, my craft and my passion is community building. Right. Really cultivating spaces for people, making them feel special. And, you know, with my skills as a good communicator and my ability to love, you know, to like really simplify the most difficult concepts. Right. I thought, you know, it was really a good opportunity for me to be in this evangelist role. But more importantly, like be very clear the fact that, look, I am on the ground. I'm very, very grassroots. I love community building. That's my passion. And thankfully, we're a community oriented company. Right. So essentially, I shared my needs, my wants. He was like, you know what? We can make it happen for you. Go ahead, design your job, design your career, your life, yep. how you want it, mm-hmm. because that's the that's our company. That's like our culture, right? You have to live a fulfilled and purposeful life because that's what we're creating for our customers as well. So just that like that basic understanding of like, okay, this is where he's at in his life. This is his skill set and his abilities, and he, he this is the type of you know role he wants. Right. Well, let's go ahead and support him in that. And I mean, I think it was also unique the fact that yeah, my back given my background as an evangelist and as a thought leader in the space, right. it made sense. But I think that the the fact that we have leadership, right? right, and companies have leaders that all you have to do is just listen. What are the needs and wants of your employees? Like, do they want more time to spend with family? Do they want more time? Are they more at a stage in their life where they're looking for more, you know, more more clout from a position title standpoint, right? right? Like, what do they want and how do you design the environment and give them what they want? Because literally, that's that's just the, you know, we're living in an experiential economy, right? right? So you have to listen in order to serve. Yeah. It seems like you haven't thought about this at all. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of having influence and stuff like that, your following on LinkedIn is tremendous. Like, it's huge. How, how did you get there? Like, was it through all of, like, just reaching out to people? Or is it just you creating content and people flocking to you? Man, creating content. Yeah. C- consistently. Right. You know. How long have you been on the grind? Man, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> man, your, boy, your boy's been on the grind for, I've been using LinkedIn for a minute now, like three years, bro. Yeah. Like LinkedIn is currently at a point where we're seeing a resurgence, right? right. Everyone is now because the future is changing, man. The yeah. future of work, right? It Everyone is. now <laughs> understands like you have to be your own media company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't sit still. You if you if you have an expertise, 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like if you got a network expertise, you gotta you gotta you gotta create the content. You gotta put yourself out there. Like you can't wait for somebody to shine a light on what you're doing. Right. You gotta talk about it because ain't nobody else is gonna is gonna talk about it for you. So I've been like using LinkedIn hard for the last three years when I was in grad school up to a point now where I'm like starting my career and doing my thing. But like you know, it's kind of I saw the wave due to the fact that look like. Everyone has to be their own media agency, and social media is just, like, the perfect opportunity for us to all just put ourselves out there, especially Agreed. as people of color in tech. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. So <laughs> that that's a great point because uh, it's always about the consistency. Like, what are your habits? You know, yeah, what, habits. What mm. are your habits? How do you build such a following or such a – uh, backlog of content. So I'm curious to know what does your morning look like? How do you start the day? Yeah. How do you yeah. prep and uh, stay successful for your future of work? Yeah. So I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a simpleton, Ron. <laughs> I'm really simple. <laughs> Literally, I I'm a constant creator. You know, I think people don't understand creating is a habit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm always I love. You know, I came in here and I, I saw y'all studio. I was like, man books you know this is not for show these guys are actually reading this man (laughs) but like it's just the habit of like i'm always creating time to learn so in my morning i actually have it on my calendar absorption and learning time so the way i actually do like design my calendar is actually i time box things so i don't necessarily you know i don't exactly know what's gonna come up around 3 p.m next week right but because i have a time box in the morning i'm learning around 1 to 4 p.m i'm doing and creating and then you know 7 p.m to however however long i'm up at night it's just get stuff done right like so like i just time box what my schedule is gonna look like and as things come in i fit in so like as inputs come in i'll go ahead and and schedule accordingly right Right, so that's kind of like the way i operate but because i operate like that learning for me is like if i'm reading material around my absorption and learning time and it's around the future of work or for example it's around cybersecurity. I'm going to share that content on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Because I've just, you know, I've just absorbed that information. I've made sense of it, and now let me share it, right? And because I, I'm always thinking about what can I create, what can I share? Because the way I see it, man, it's like there's all kinds of information out there, right? Yep. So it's like there's no, there's no, there's no excuses for, there's no excuse for any of us to say that I, I just don't know what to share. I don't got the content. Right. Yeah. The content is out there. Yeah. You know? So if you're sharing content, if you're, like, absorbing content, if you're, like, passionate about your craft, like, you're you're always reading, so you're always on it, so you're able to share. So with me, I'm always saying, okay, if I see something I like or if there's something going on in the industry, I'm just going to share it when I feel like it. So yep. it's more like a daily, hourly activity thing yeah. versus me saying – you know, this week I'm going to try to get three posts of LinkedIn out right. there. Yep. And, like, it, that's I feel like that's really rigid and I yep. just can't operate like that. You work like breathing. You got <laughs> – it's like it's, it's like, active. It's active. Do. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and now I'm at a point now, though, too, is, like, I'm, I'm starting – I'm more so into video, like yep. you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And I, I've actually started working with a videographer to, like, you know, actually, you know, schedule days where I can just create more video content that right. I can eventually share on my YouTube and whatnot. Yep. But, like – I think the biggest thing I always tell people, and Gary Vee has said something similar to this in some of his content, is that think about it as documenting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, after this podcast, I'm a document. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I was just here. I just met really, really cool people. You know what I'm saying? Did a podcast with Chris and Ron. It was amazing. And, like, these are amazing guys. Like, y'all should follow them. Like, that's simple. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you have that mindset, it's different. 
Yeah. Like absolutely. you, you just start. You, you had an event. You're like, oh, let me create a content around that. You know what I'm saying? Let me collaborate with that person. It, it shifts your perspective. Yeah. Do you have uh, social media sort of strategies for other places like Twitter, Facebook, or are you pre- pretty much on YouTube and LinkedIn? For me, you know, I think the the so. For on Facebook, I have a community. So okay. I have a. It's called the Mentors Mentees Community. It's the it's the world's largest. It's the world's largest global community for professionals and students who want to take control of their careers and thrive in the future of work. And you know, so it's a seven thousand. It's a ten thousand member global community. So on there, like it's more niche, mm-hmm. right? That's where I engage with our community, and, and it's my kind of personal space as well, right. being Facebook. But then. You know, I see like the most important social platforms today, man. Is like LinkedIn is hot. That's yeah, I think it's, it's it's the hottest one in my opinion. And then I've recently started like being active on Twitter again for okay. some reason. I yeah. used to be really active in the past, but now I'm like I think fall in love with it again. Right. And then IG is there as well. Yeah. You, it, right. Now that's just becoming a cesspool of content. <laughs> <laughs> so so with me, I kind of I really focus it now to you know there's YouTube because every every platform has a different objective. Is mm-hmm. the way I see it now. Like YouTube is more more deeper engagement, more long-form content, like three to five minutes. And if you want to go to even to a stretch, maybe a 10-minute documentary, right? right? You know, IG is definitely the micro content, yep. right? And then LinkedIn is micro content as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of that professional content space. And then Facebook, because they're prioritizing community now, that's really where you go ahead and cultivate a community you, if you have one, right? right? And you really engage with them and, and, and make sure that, you know, they feel cared for type of thing. So, like, you don't necessarily – and Twitter is, like, still the same. Short burst, get yep. it out there. Stay relevant with keep the it news. moving, keep it moving. Right. So I think like I use everyone a little bit differently, but to a degree now I know it's good to have a presence on all, all all four. But I'm more focused on IG, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was like speaking a different language because I, I started doing really well with LinkedIn, and then I was like, you know, maybe I should try to re up this Twitter space i'm struggling i'm doing terrible like i know you you had a link or a twitter a little while ago and i was more of a reddit guy i go reddit. <laughs> <laughs> well, how come though man reddit uh, there's a lot of technical practitioners that if mm. you're on reddit you that is where the your mailing list pull from they pull from reddit they pull from other more kind of wide stream news sources now a little bit of medium i'm seeing content and mail mailing letters but right reddit if you're upvoted then you will end up in a lot of companies mailing lists mm-hmm. so i when i first started i was doing my tutorials and a lot of things got published in newsletters because of reddit mm-hmm. right. but the the critics it's a, oh, it's, it's a hard it's, place. No, it's a hard place it's a hard to build that brand. I, 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 I stuck my toe in Reddit. Ooh, it got chopped off. <laughs> it, it's that's crazy. So, how do y'all feel about LinkedIn being that space for y'all's personal brand? Oh, I mean, LinkedIn is my home. I I would say outside of being you know in applications for Netflix, I'm in LinkedIn the most. Like mm. when I come home, I check LinkedIn. I check it in the morning because that's where all the people that like to reach out to me, that's what they're on. Mm-hmm. And so I get messages every day, and that's how I try to stay in touch with folks that followers of the show, people that like the stuff that I put out. That's how I stay in touch. Yeah. I love LinkedIn and also for like more, like I guess the Facebook, more intimate uh, mm. place for me would be Slack. 
Wow. Oh, yeah. Slack I love Slack. Spaces. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of community engagement there. Big yeah. Very specific, very focused. It's crazy, too, yeah. that Slack is, like, kind of being used to build communities. I think you that's, build a community. Yeah. there's a, crazy. There's one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have one also uh, for – Are you? do you have a Slack workspace? I do. We do. So our guy team, our guy team, we use Slack. Oh, right. nice. So we have a, like a, a work community <laughs> yeah, yeah. in Slack, <laughs> but I think it's so interesting how powerful how you know social media now. I think so. I'm really big on community and seeing what Slack is doing, how Facebook is now prioritizing community. I think it says a lot because in this day and age, you know, as we talk about the future of work and just kind of, I think the future, of the the current state of society, we're all connected as much as ever. But, you know, there isn't there hasn't been as much of a priority on community as there is now, even with right. the work that I'm doing, you know, the work that we want to do with guide and just where I see the current trends in mm-hmm. technology and social. Everyone is thinking about how can we start bringing people together with a purpose, mm-hmm. you right. know, and I even think about, you know, podcasts such as this, like this is an opportunity where we're creating community of people who find this content relevant, right? right? They can share yes. with their friends and their families. Yep. And I think there's like there's so much power in, in that t- in today's day and age. Absolutely. And I think one of the kind of places where our networks meet is like me and Chris, we're really into self-improvement. Mm-hmm. You have guide. What kind of things are you running into when it comes to helping out tech people in tech? I, I'm sure you work with a lot of them with uh, your coaching services. Maybe yeah. you could Tell us some more about what what is Guide and how you're helping people in tech. Yeah, you know what's crazy, Ron? We're currently in this in this in this state of of, of reality where people don't think they are multi potential. Mm-hmm. They think their their talent is just like monolithic, right? Yeah. I'm only good at one thing, right? You know, and, and that's scary, bro. It's mm-hmm. really really scary yeah. it, because I think that we've we've equated purpose to a paycheck, mm-hmm. right? And one of the biggest things I always tell people is that pursue purpose over paychecks. Right. And that don't mean you got to be broke. <laughs> that does not mean you have to be right. broke because that's the, that's the first thing people think of. Right. I got a family and three kids. You know, I can't pursue purpose. I got to get this paycheck. Right. Because I just got to take care of them. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for that. But that's not true. Right. Like, if you could find if you if you, we have like we're living in an age of innovation and opportunity. If you you can create the time to make sure you're working on your passions and more importantly, tie it back to your purpose. And you could definitely get paid handsomely for it. Right. I see all of the people on IG. They're, they're not barely moving a penny, but right. they're getting paid millions. Yeah. Just like, you know, what I'm saying like yep. sell a, a, a bottle of water. Like, yep. yeah. so I'm like, that's crazy. Just there. So yep. you like no one can tell me that we're not living in an age where you could do fulfilling work and get paid handsomely for it. Absolutely. So I often what I'm, what I'm running into and the biggest thing why, you know, I'm really passionate about the work that we're doing with God is that we see it as an opportunity to help the next generation. So the Gen Z, the, the Gen Alpha, as the they're actually now calling the oh. generation after Gen Z. Oh, really? We wanna, yeah, Alpha. we want to help the them. Beginning. Right? Back to the <laughs> beginning. We want to help them, you know, discover who they want to become, right? So thinking of, you know, if we have creators such as you two on the platform, such as Guide, creating courses on how to get into cybersecurity, right? How to think different, differently about your career. How to understand that you can have a full-time job, but at the same time have multiple side hustles. Right. 
right? You know what I'm saying? Now they're going to start thinking differently. Not only are they going to be gaining life skills, but they're also going to start thinking differently about who they want to become, right? Mm -hmm. Because now they can find the role models Mm -hmm. to start thinking differently about their careers and and build that following with, right, that connection with. So, you know, when we think about the future of education, we think of what what we call boundless education, right? There's literally no, there's not going to be a limit to who you can learn from, what you can learn, and literally where you can learn it, right? Like right. that's the future we're moving towards. And you see that with Airbnb mm-hmm. and what Uber has done. Like everyone is not coming together through these platform services. Yes. Yep. And that's that's the trend. That's the future of education. So I'm glad you brought up purpose because you were just on a podcast not too long ago where you talked about the difference between purpose and a why. Mm. And at first, because I, I read the Simon Sinek, you know, start with why yeah. and all that stuff. But then when you explained it the way you did, I was like, he might be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so could you could you explain to folks uh, what you think the difference is between having a purpose mm. and the why? So having a purpose and I think this was on a human two point human two point oh podcast, right? Yeah. You listen to that, brother? I, that, that's the only one I listened to. <laughs> <you was> on. <laughs> Bro, I Mark Metry, shout out to Mark Metry. He's a friend of mine. He's an amazing, amazing guy. And he runs the Humans Two podcast. And I really appreciate him for, for having me on. It's very cool. Man, it's a it's a very cool podcast. And you know, he essentially asked me, like, what's the difference between a purpose and a why? And you know, Chris, Ron, this is what I told him, man. This is why I said I said, look, a purpose? Man, that's something that you define, right? I defined my purpose when I was in grad school. Literally, I was so lonely at that time. I had so much time to think. and I was right. at, So at that time, I was handling like five jobs, trying to make ends meet. At the same time, trying to make it through grad school, mm-hmm. thankfully, which I did. But also, it gave me a lot of time to breathe, to learn more about who I am, really introspect and say, what's my purpose in, my, in life? And really, what are the whys that drive my purpose? So right. p- the purpose I actually landed on while I was in grad school is, this is my purpose, to strengthen the bonds that people share through compassionate and empathic action. Mm-hmm. To strengthen the bonds that people share through compassionate and empathic action, right? So if I could do that day in and day out through the initiatives that I'm working on with Guide or, you know, as the global evangelist, then I'm living at my highest level of contribution, right? right? And, and that's currently what I'm doing in my life. But more importantly, the reasons why I do that is because I believe in a better way. I believe that we all have the potential to do what we can, like, you know, how we can give back to society. But more importantly, my whys are my family, mm-hmm. right? It's my community. Mm-hmm. It's right. my parents. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's brothers and sisters, as I see, that are doing amazing things that aren't getting the opportunity to shine. Right. Like, that, those are my whys. That's, and that's driving my purpose. And I think that people don't usually realize that people sometimes think that the why and the purpose is the same thing. And, you know, it's okay if you see it in that perspective. I don't right. think there's anything wrong with that. Yep. But I think that you, need, you could diffuse the two and really say, really, your purpose is something that is either God-given, right, mm-hmm. or something that you define for yourself, right, and, you will, and you, you're able to manifest, you know, your projects, your, 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 your ties through your purpose, but your whys are the driver. Right? right, so you always start with why, but you leave with your purpose. Wow, that's 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 a great way to look at it. I know for me, when I'm looking at my purpose, and it's a little similar, but definitely more of a refined perspective. My why and purpose do get kind of intermingled. Mm. Yeah, like there's there's a few whys, yeah. but it is still kind of back to the mission statement, the purpose. Mm. Right. 
for for me, what, what, but hold up though. What's what's your what's your purpose statement? My my purpose is to be a lifetime learner and teacher. Mm. And the whys behind it are for several reasons. One is one is now community. Like mm. there's a lot of talented and very brilliant individuals who, just especially people of color. Mm. You know, my mission this year and part of next year also is to reach out to more universities do more university recruiting not only from to to work with great talent but to also inspire and let them know that much more is possible right. you could do this you could do the whole cybersecurity thing yeah but there's also this podcast that's pretty cool too <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's all these other cool things that you could do and like yeah. you were saying like uh it, it's so easy to get caught up in the tech you know, focus like, oh, I am a threat intel analyst. Yeah, I am a security architect. But you can also be a podcast host. You can also coach individuals to get into whatever it is with your side hustle. Yeah, right. yeah. Ron, let me ask you a question, man. Why do you? Why? Let me ask both of y'all a question. <laughs> why do y'all think you know we 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 put people in these conventional boxes? You know, like I think. We put people in these conventional boxes, and now they start believing they can't do other things. Because right. often what I tell people about the future of work is that the future of work is dynamic. You right. can't just do one thing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? The reason is people fall in that trap of it's always been this way. Mm. You have people that have you know worked in the steel mines back in the day or the coal mines or whatever. And so you feel like you have these institutional constructs that people hold on to for dear life for some odd reason because they don't they don't want to venture off into the unknown and they don't want to take the risk to be innovative because they're afraid of failure or they're afraid of things that they're not familiar with and so i feel like people they they put these blinders on and they get so focused on like i'm going to do this because society says to do this so people are like you have to go to school in order to get a job now it's changing mm, it's changing right. that, that people can come straight out of high school, if they have a, a brilliant idea, they could be a millionaire if they wanted to. They could focus on developing code or they can, you know, get into cybersecurity while they're in high school and, and get out and start making money. So they're, they're, some people are getting away from traditional school, but some people still gravitate towards traditional school. And that's okay because maybe they want to be a lawyer. Maybe they want to True. do something that they need that traditional background yeah, in order to do. But I think people get trapped in that mindset of like, this is how things have always been. You always get to fight for your reality. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Yeah. So it's uh it's really interesting to break out of that box. What are some things that have helped you know both of you guys break out of the box of just limitations or just of one focus area and have a better career trajectory? I'd have to say being defiant, man. Being defiant and bold. Yeah. Really, man, because I think you know we we're. People are trying. People look to project their limiting beliefs on you, and I hate that. Yep, I hate that. I absolutely hate absolutely. that. And I see that a lot in society. Mm -hmm. I see that a lot with some of my friends. They're always looking. They're looking towards society to give them the answers, and more importantly, they're taking society's signals and noise as a say. Oh, well, I'm only capable of doing this right because mm -hmm. my family has only been able to do this. Right. Right. And for me, like, I am very defined in a sense of I think I always look to say, how can we innovate? How right. can I innovate? How can I help others innovate in order to b build a better future for them? But also using myself as a prototype, what am I doing that can be different and more importantly that disrupts myself? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, one big thing for me was, you know, leveraging a platform like LinkedIn, just seeing how disruptive of a force it was right. early on in my career when I was in grad school. 
and just pushing the boundaries on it and being really consistent with it because people people you know don't realize it's the consistency of what you do that people start recognizing absolutely right and when people say man mr future of work like how did you get that title because i talked about it for like the last three years (laughs) (laughs) i literally talked about it every single day for the last three years but more importantly for me, it doesn't mean just like technology and AI and artificial intelligence and, and big data. It means career control. Right. Mm-hmm. It means a different way of being, of living, right, of seeing your career, right, being able to design and architect it. And that's usually what I, I, I share when, I, when I'm speaking with people. And for me, you know, having to just rid myself of all of the limiting beliefs and those constructs, those institutional constructs that people often try to put on me, I try to run away from it, man. So usually I'm very intentional about if I meet innovators like a Chris and a Ron, I'm like, hey, how can we innovate together? Absolutely. Big time. For me, my my purpose is to expose the beauty in humanity mm. like that. I feel like that is, is, is what my purpose is because I feel like when you watch the news today, all you see is bad news. Mm. You see bad news. You see the school shootings, you see the stuff that's going on in the political environment. And there's not a lot of focus on like what's going on that's good. Mm. Like there's so many things that are, that are going on like in the world. There's so many beautiful things about people. So like I'm not I didn't actually go to school for computer science. No, or I didn't go to school for cybersecurity. I have a minor in cybersecurity, yeah. but my degree is in humanities. I was a philosophy major. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm a humanities major as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what, just straight up humanities? Yeah, or? psychology. No, nice. And information studies. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. No, that's beautiful. But no, that's what I like. And that's why I like doing stuff like this podcast. Mm. And I feel like because when you expose the beauty, it's not It's not like I'm just like showing everybody what I've seen. It's like almost unveiling things together. Like I had no idea how this social interaction between us Mm. was going to go. But I feel like we discovered it together. So I'm Mm. discovering the beauty that is the future of work. I'm discovering Mm. the beauty of your your purpose and your why Mm. with other people while I discover it at the same time. And that's sort of what drives me. Mm. How do you break out of the limiting beliefs? Like what keeps you going forward? What keeps it going forward is, is always doing doing more, right? So by pushing on my purpose and saying, you know, how big of a stage can I get? Where where can I get this platform in order to show more people like the good side of people? How do I find the most beautiful nuggets in humanity like around the world? There's so many interesting people that do mm. interesting things. How do I how do I build that? And so what that always drives me. And so any opportunity that, that gets me closer to that I look at it and I say, is this going to get me closer to that? And if it is, I might take it. Mm. One of the things that got me, I think, past any limiting belief is two books. One was The Four Agreements by Don Miguel. Bro, I love that book. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a must read for anybody, especially if you have like a critical voice in your mind. But the second book was The Alchemist. Yeah. And like through those two books, like I learned that there's these clues all over the place, all over the world, all all throughout people, throughout myself. But then I also have to try to get those clues. Like I can't just wait around for something mm. to happen. I do have to practice one of the four agreements, always do your best. Right. Mm. So if I kind of constantly think about art, right, I'm going to try my best today. I learn about these clues. It's almost coincidence sometimes. It could be just 
uh, maybe discipline to sit down and learn for a bit or sit down and produce some content. But just thinking about those two things is uh, pretty beneficial for me and defeating any limiting mindsets. You know, and, and I love that. Always do your best. That's a powerful one. I, I guess one thing that it has helped me is journaling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, I, I'm really going to be simple about it, man. Yeah. Because I'm still analog as well as, as digital. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think it's a hybrid of both. But, like, journaling, man, like, I really call this my black book of genius. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, great. there's a lot of ideas in here. You know, there's a lot of, you know, observations and learnings. Right. And I think that we don't do that enough as a generation anymore. Just reflect. Right. Reflect. You know what I'm saying? So, I actually think, you know, just creating time for you to reflect it, uh, I think it does something to you mentally in which you're architecting your thoughts, the the maybe the weaknesses that you have or the things that you don't like. You know what I'm saying? Like really like just creating time to put stuff in your black book of genius. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That will just create more clarity and rid yourselves of those, of those limiting beliefs that people try to put on you. But more importantly, the learnings that you're getting from the from the books that you're reading, the people that you're meeting. I think it's healthy stuff. Yes. Absolutely. One of our previous guests, Didi from Wing, she mentioned uh, to almost look at yourself from a third person perspective mm-hmm. can give you a lot of insight. When you're journaling, you're right. typically like reflecting, like, all right, it's you're looking at yourself, but from a different perspective. Yep. I, I, I love that. Yeah, uh, it's great. When I, I moved out here, I was living with Ron for about three and a half months. And that was such a growth period for me because I was out here without my family. Mm. And so all I did was work and just focus on on myself. Mm. And I got really vulnerable with myself, like, you know, looking at my weaknesses and things that I was I was I was not that strong in. And so it hurt. It hurt mm. to actually see what those weaknesses were. And actually, one of the, the short stories that came out of that was the Icarus's Balloon, which is on, on my LinkedIn. So I don't know if you've read it, but it's, it's basically about this man who creates this balloon that is self-inflating. And it, it starts to grow and it starts to bring him riches and brings him attention and stuff like that. But it starts to separate him from his family. And and it's all about creating that balance. Mm, of, the of harmony. The, the harmony of being able to have your ambitions, but also think about your family. Because I've always been like, I don't want my family to have to suffer. I don't mm. want my, my family to, to not have money like I did when I was a kid. And so that that fear pushes me to, to greater and greater heights. But as I push into that ambition, I'm also spending time away from home. Mm. And so I, I it really made me think, like, I need to ensure that I have people around me that can help maintain that balance and also think about the balance myself. Man, Chris, that's really powerful, man. I could relate with that, too, just w- w- with where I'm at in my career. I-, I believe I've been so go, go, go right. that literally just the other day, I'm like, I, I-, I reminded myself, like, man, I got to call my sisters, man. Right. Mm-hmm. I got to call my family, bro, because, you know, I think that, that, that part of us as human beings, it, we actually needed to be very intact in order to do the best work of our lives. Yep. You know, no matter what we're doing in our careers, yes. man. So I could relate with that, bro. Absolutely. I mean, thank you for being on the show. Uh, I wanted to give you a little bit of time now to to explain how people can get in touch with you, your coaching, your uh, maybe ways to get in touch with you, like on LinkedIn, if you could share with everybody. Yeah, man. So whoever's listening or watching this podcast, <laughs> 
please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm incredibly active on there as well as on Instagram. And if you want to join a powerful community, if you want to join this Unleashing the Future of Work movement, we th- it's actually a series that I'm starting on YouTube, and I'll share that if you're following me, following me on LinkedIn. But also, if you want to join just the movement, the community that we're building around thriving in the future of work, please join our mentors and mentees community on Facebook, mentors ampersand mentees, mentors and mentees. And if you want to know a little bit more about how you can design and architect your career to thrive in the future of work, please check out my website, mrfutureofwork.com. (laughs) And, you know, I have coaching services there so you can learn more about how you can really design your career, how you can start with your why believe with your purpose and what that means for you as an individual, whether you have a family or you're coming out of grad school or you're at that stage in your life where you don't know what's next, but you're looking for it. So definitely, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn as well as check out my website as well. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes. Absolutely. Lots of great resources. Yeah. Sweet. Tim, Mr. Future of Work, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Appreciate it, y'all. See you guys next time. Thank you, Chris and Ron. See you next time.